my keyboard takes two USBs hmm? for some reason. What? Yeah, Pretty I think good. it's because, because it has a extra USB port in the back of it, which I'm using for the mouse, and uh, I've just got so many Sounds horrible. USB things. Hmm. Like all the video capture stuff and all that. Oh, your keyboard needs has two USB out. Cables. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's weird. Okay. It is. I, I thought you said. Weird. I thought you said your desk, your keyboard had two USB slots. Which would be kind of useful, actually. Which would be. Player Two Pixelcast Episode Eighty Four. I'm your host, Tim Henderson. Flying high in a light little cloud. It's getting really hot here, though, so I want to say above that cloud. Um, I'm joined by two, hopefully also very happy gentlemen tonight. It's going to be a bit ironic considering our topic, but um, Huso, two episodes straight. I know. What is this? This is crazy. This is like functional internet. Sick of interacting with my family, so I (laughs) interact with you guys instead. (laughs) This is lacking a bit of context. Your current living, yeah, your your current living arrangements, you know, understandable. Yes, and that, that other voice there being Ken, like the ever-reliable Street Fighter guy. That's all I can see. I can just see the gigantic eyebrows. Yeah, at some point I should maybe think about getting, getting a webcam. Web maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. possibly. <laughs> Although, I mean, you could avoid, like, Huso's kid literally walked, walked into the camera shirtless and then complained that it was um, too cold. No, the power was out. The power was out. power tripped, yeah. But so. therefore could not use the heater, so these things are connected. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure this pro- it's probably reasonable within context, but, you know, we want, we want, we want, you know, you want, we want glib sound bites. That's, that's all yeah. the world cares about these days. Well, we don't want to get a uh, refused classification on this podcast. Oh, there we go. You're making this episode <laughs> sound a little bit deeper than it might actually go. <laughs> don't, don't set us up for failure, Ken. Yep. Yeah, anyway, we have decided to basically take our episode nu- number as our inspiration. So this being episode 84, we are just going to go full-on dystopia, maybe even apocalypse. Look at the way games kind of engage with this, set this up. Do they act, which ones kind of actually engage with, like, create an atmosphere, like, deal with a situation, which ones are just, like, killing zombies is fun. Um, mm. But before, yeah, but before then, killing green things is fun. Ken, you're playing Warhammer 4- something stupid stupid demon slayer i don't want to say the name yeah i've been playing warhammer 40k chaos gate demon hunters it's it's it follows the proud tradition of warhammer 40k game warhammer games in general of having long names that mean nothing and it is just a word salad like <laughs> it's <laughs> I, maybe this means something very specific to people who know the 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 universe and mm. like the back of their hand, but I don't know what any of those words mean. But it, look, it doesn't matter. It's it's Warhammer forty um, k XCOM. It's a turn based um, turn based squad level strategy game um, or oh, a tactical game. You control a squad of space marines. These are fancy space marines. These are the Grey Knights, which is a different... I mean, I could go into this. There are all these different factions of space marines. The Grey Knights are the uber-secretive, but also just kitted-out faction. So the Stompy, Stompy Spec Ops. Yeah, Stompy Psychic Spec Ops. Um, And... 
it's XCOM, it's turn-based, you've got a squad, and you're fighting off waves of, of enemies. There's all these trash mobs, all these you know, trash mobs that you're killing, and, and occasionally uh, I've reached a point in the game, I'm prob- probably about seven or eight hours in, um, reached a point where I'm facing up, facing against enemy space marines who are much tougher, um, and have all kinds of abilities and all kinds of, all kinds of different, you know, things that you can do. Uh, like XCOM, you move your troops forward, you've got cover, uh, you've got <clears throat> all the all the familiar options like firing, moving, overwatch that you know that you can fire at, on the enemy during your off turns. But I think let's just start by saying this game is good. This but there's a catch, genuine. isn't there? I can hear it in your voice. No, there isn't a catch so far. Not yet. All right. Not yet. Um, I'm. I'll when that catches. If that. If and when that catch happens, I'll definitely. You know, I'll definitely be ringing, ringing the bell. But at this point, everything is pretty solid. There's a few things I think they do better than the XCOM. Um, hmm. One thing is there is no 97% uh, you know to hit and then you miss. I to ask about uh, that. Everything is a hundred percent hit. It's 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 a very it's a very simple, easy fix. And by on one hand, you might think, oh, you know that that makes it dumb, but because you know you will always hit, it actually becomes more like a chess game because you're just moving your pieces into place so you can know when to hit a strike. A- you, you know when to strike. So just to flesh this out, is this like Mario Rabbids, where it's like zero percent, fifty percent, seventy-five percent, or one hundred percent, or no, either you just hit or you don't? You either hit or you don't. You either hit or you hit cover. And cover is if the person, if your enemy, if the enemy is in behind full cover, they take no damage. If they're in partial cover, they take half damage. That's it. They will always, you will always hit. And it's then amount, the amount of damage. If you manage to flank their cover, they will take 100% damage. Um, and it's not variable damage as well. Like if your gun does four damage, it will hit and do exactly four damage. So, certain things become predictable and it really becomes a chess game because the enemy on their turn have a tendency to go into overwatch like they'll set up their firing zones they'll set up their kill boxes so they'll set up these sort of puzzles that you then have to navigate around um the the map and the map has so many destructible elements so, for example, <clears throat> I moved my one of my space marines up way, you know, I got overconfident and moved that space marine way ahead in front of everybody else. Um, the trash mobs are weak, but about seven of them had overlapping, um, overlapping um, overwatch zones trained on this one of my space marines. That means if, once, if that one space marine moves, it's going to get hit seven times and what am I going to do? The other three of my space marines go up and find ways around um, the terrain and try to kill off each of those enemies whilst avoiding the firewatch range and arc and, you know, and try to take them out. What you're describing sounds more like level level design than it does artificial intelligence. A little bit, I guess. A little bit of it. But they're random yeah. levels, aren't they? They are random. I don't know if they're random levels, but what what often happens is that the enemy is you know there to kill you. But the but the enemy in playing the game sets up very interesting terrain based puzzles. 
problems mm. that you then solve with your space marines with their movement with their abilities and there's so many abilities um i've reached a point where i've pretty much built my team a i'm at the point where i need to build up team b because my team a gets smashed as they they get wounded and they need time to recuperate and oh my team b is so shit like they're so bad (laughs) (laughs) they're such rookies um one of my team a guys is an interceptor which means that they can move extremely fast i have this ability where they can teleport i've Mm -hmm. upgraded that ability where they can teleport so they can teleport to a and quite a large distance as well like 10 spaces on this board um i've upgraded their ability so that i can attack whilst teleporting and the attack is you can attack any number of enemies within a shrinking radius so if i'm hitting if there is a clump of enemies i can hit like the maximum i've done is four enemies in a single go using one action point i hit four enemies for four for four points of damage that's all guaranteed so i'm like thinking okay i need to put this guy over here i can then do one two three four things there okay i know that that will hit where am i going to set my second marine to do the follow-up action where am i going to set up my third space marine to do the follow-up action to that so it really becomes that sort of chess move because you know you will hit you know if you initiate a strike, it will be 100%. So you're actually spending your time thinking about follow-up attacks. And because, unlike XCOM, your guys are actually pretty tanky. Um, they're not squishy at all. And if you get if you put up Terminator armor, they're going to get additional armor to get really tanky. Um, it's amazing pushing, they can move I'm, looking at the screenshots. Like, these guys, are, yeah. as, they are well, as horizontally built as they are vertically. Yeah. Well, yeah. P- possible. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a fair fair comment, but, you know, lore of the world and all of that jazz, right? But what that means is I'm constantly on every turn trying to push and and the risk reward is the the reward is immense and the risk is moderate and predictable. And so I'm always pushing because okay, I know the risk is x. It's calculable calculable calculatable Hmm. um so i'm always going for it and then i get overconfident because i've smashed a few trash mobs and i find myself out of position and i'm like oh no i i overextended myself because i got overconfident um my teleport guy can do a teleport strike and kill a bunch of enemy mobs they can also swap positions with any one of my other mechs uh, mechs one of my any other any other space marines out off in the back so my 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 interceptor goes in does a blitz strike kills off a bunch of trash bobs swaps a position with another big hulking fellow with a you know with a big fuck off hammer and they swap position and then suddenly this big guy's in the middle of these trash bobs smacking them one by one next mech next space marine next space marine it's always like how am i going to follow up the momentum one of my one of my space marines can charge through in a straight line knocking through and knocking down enemy troops and also breaking terrain and breaking cover huh it's like the play field can literally get ripped apart 
Yeah, and then there's all these terrain bits, right? There's like there's shootable terrain elements where it could cause an explosion. There's knockable, malleable um, terrain elements that you can smash on, and they'll literally a column, a, a pillar will just fall down, and you can pick the direction in which the pillar is falling down, and it will just smack. Wow, I kind of love that. Line. Yeah, <laughs> I managed to kill a couple of. I managed to kill a couple of. Um, um, tra- mobs by chucking a grenade and they literally the, the grenade didn't do enough damage to kill them but it knocked them back off and out uh, knocked them back knocked down and knocked them off the map and then they died <clears throat> so there's all these like domino effects that you can set up if you plan it perfectly I had a couple of really good turns where it's like Space Marine A goes in, smacks. Space Marine B comes in, uses special ability to boost action point of Space Marine A. A goes and smacks some more. B moves up to backup. Space Marine 3, you know, C comes in, does the whole jumping around the place, uh, kills off a bunch of enemies. Um, fourth Space Marine comes in, does another spe- uh, special ability. It's all about, like, creating that domino effect. Mm. Uh, I've reached um, that point where I've unlocked enough abilities to do that. Like this really doesn't come into play in the first, like maybe couple of hours in the game because you're still learning it, but also your abilities don't haven't unlocked yet. Um, I have got my 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 main guy, uh, Ulrich Yelanthus, my big 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 guy, has got a, a sword that does more damage than usual swords and i've i've backed him up and i've powered him up to focus on that sword so he's just going in and just smacking things (laughs) and i'm a fan of swords. i should just point that out there yeah like a big sword right like a cloud strife sword or like a guts from berserk sword bigger uh oh not not quite though so like think of more like a claymore like a big claymore Yeah, so yeah. a big sword um, that might actually exist. So there's lots happening, and and the characters that you that you then spend in your off turns, like when you're not on missions, you're then tending to your base, you know, upgrading this and upgrading your various um, research and building new tech and all that sort of jazz. And you know that that part's fine. Um, some of the characters that you speak to are pretty interesting. I like them quite a lot. But the but the play in the moment in the mission it can get pretty wild and like I said it's all about like setting things up so you you chain a domino effect and it's just one marine backing another one up and it's just like one after the other just one smack two smack three smacks on the head um, if you do it perfectly. You, you kill the entire field before you uh, at the end of your turn, and you're done. You just rip them apart, and I'm like, yeah. yeah it I sounds put- pretty satisfying if you pull that shit off. Yeah, and like I said, because all the hits are hundred percent, I can actually plan that. Yeah. So it becomes more like chess. Like I said, it becomes more like chess because I'm like, I'm planning this. This is how I'm going to move. Um. Previously, I talked about like firing arcs in your movement. So on your turn, you've got a certain number of action points similar to XCOM. But on your turn, let's say, for example, on your turn, you want to move one action point worth of movement. 
you can actually set waypoints. Mm, which is cool. Which allows you to then plot your path to avoid the specific enemy firing arc. And you can set that up. You can do like waypoint after waypoint after waypoint so that they walk a very specific path in the map. So it's not like, oh, I'm, I want my guy from point A to point B and then they walk over the the intervening like terrain damage, like there's fire in between, like whatever. Like I don't, I don't want that. I can plot my way around moving around this barrier, moving around this obstacle. They they go exactly where I need them to go, and they do exactly what I need them to do. It sounds like a pretty distinctive and very welcome feature, actually. Yeah. It's unreal. As someone that's played a lot of XCOM. It sounds so um, obvious, but also like a game a changer. very cool feature, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've played about two hours of it now, and yeah. it feels a bit more like I guess Gears Tactics than XCOM in a lot of ways. It's a lot seems a lot quicker paced mm. than XCOM because of that certainty to hit. It feels yeah, like there's a lot more trash enemies. Whereas XCOM you've got less trash enemies and more, I guess, serious enemies to take on, whereas this feels like there's lots of enemies that you can wipe out quickly, but there's heaps of them, so you have to do it in a way that takes as many out as possible. Uh, which was something Gears Tactics did as well. So mm, I, I'm, mm. se- I'm seeing a lot of similarities there in the pace of the game and that too. Just, but I'm only two hours in. So yeah. Um, uh, right now I'm I'm at a point where I'm training up Team B, and I'm trying to decide: do I just replicate all the skills of Team A, or do I have them go in different directions? The skill tree. Every Marine has. F- four potential skill trees to focus on, which then split into an additional four. So, like I told you, one of my main Space Marine guys um, has focused on um, critical attacks with melee. Critical melee attacks on single targets. But I could have gone the other direction and done um, melee AOE effects. So I'm like, okay, I want to build a second one of these people, uh, a second one of these space marines. Do I go exactly the same and do another precision crit melee, or do I do an AOE melee? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, do I want do do I want Team B to be exactly the same as Team A, so that I just swap them, so they're effectively like when one's damaged, I just swap in another, or do I want another character with a different skill set that I can take in very well? But I feel like if you're having trouble with one team, you may want a couple of differences in the other. Different options, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, but my 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 first build is so good though. <laughs> my first build is so good. <laughs> Seems like it's ripe for um, multiple playthroughs, which, I mean, a, a good tactical game like this is, like, everyone that plays XCOM tends to play it more than once, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so definitely seems like this is the case here. Yeah. It definitely I mean, sounds like the- you like this a lot. I'm, I'm really liking it. So, like, I don't know if, Huzo, you plan on reviewing it, but, like, if we can... If, if, if ever can there can say he wants a game. No, no. No, I've already I bought it. Bought yeah, it? same. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> same, same. Well, I've been sick of waiting for a request, so. I just... <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what I I bought many many years ago? Ah, uh, Saints Row. Saints Row. Uh, 
Nice. So we're gonna. So I've got. I've literally got a jewel. Sorry, DVD case PC game here. This just seems it's, like from another world. <laughs> and then I, I think it did. It have an actual it. disc. Look at this. Two. Of them. It did have a disc. Holy hell! But I think I was able to activate multiple but discs. The CD key activated on Steam from memory. So like the discs. Yeah. You just never use. Never the used them. <laughs> anyway, there's a reason I did that. You went to Sydney. Yeah. Uh, no, this one was online, oh, uh, Saints right, Row. Um, I managed to get, uh, you know, a good hour and a half with the developers of Saints Row and look at the new game coming out. I didn't actually get to play it yet. Uh, obviously, it's a bit hard in uh, the kind of remote environment sometimes to do that. Mm. So we we had a good look at it, though, and it was really good to see uh, where they're heading with this one. Uh, it's for those that don't know a full reboot I'm sure you do know because there's a lot of whinges about it uh, <laughs> but yes the original crew of you know Johnny Gat and Pierce and Shondi are gone and there's a brand new set of saints uh, I never cared about the characters up. though like I just liked how batshit insane it got yeah I can see I can see missing Johnny Gat and that uh, because I really like the original Saints Row games but at the same time there was nowhere left for them to go like, their story finished with Johnny Gat killing the devil wait, and wait, wait. restarting the universe. So, Hold on. Uh, <laughs> you, you, wait, wait. You like the original, like the original, the original Saints Row? Like, Saints Row 1 and 2? Oh, or like... What, I liked 2. Um, or 3. Are you favorite. talking about 3? Yeah, when he started fast. doing that. 1 just put me so off. Two, that 2 game started with the crazy, and then mm. 3 kind of... 3 just kind of, like, found, like, a nice jacket to put over the crazy and yeah. just went all in. Because yeah. I, think, I think 3 was where it sort of, like... Really found its real voice, that, like yeah, lean into its re- that, <clears throat> that that era of of Saints Row. That game yeah. was really good. Mm, yeah. it was and then, really good. This one is honestly very much in the Saints Row Three blueprint. Blueprint. It's uh, it's grounded in that it's uh, there's no superpowers or alien invaders or you know you're not fighting Satan. So far. Uh, <laughs> But you are in a city called Santo Aleso, which seems to be like a Vegas-style city. So there's lots of desert, um, posh neighborhoods. There's casinos, you know, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's very Vegas-y, crossed with maybe New Mexico, if you were kind of mixing it up. Lots to do. Um, it uh, is focusing on these four very young people that were members of other rival gangs that kind of didn't like their lot and decided... We're going to start our own thing, which becomes the Saints. Uh, but it's very much fun. Like it's it's got a really fun sense of humour to it. It it feels less like Saints Row Three was really good. Don't get me wrong, but some of it's dated pretty badly, especially like the Zemos missions uh, and things like that. I feel a bit off these days. I haven't um, played it since like twenty twelve or thirteen. Yeah, there's just some, you know, some slightly off things that wouldn't fly these days. This sense of humour they've got now feels uh, more, not, I don't say neutered in any way. It doesn't feel that at all. It just feels less like it's punching down on anyone. It doesn't feel like it's, uh, it's kind of closer to the naked gun, I guess, something like that with a bit of absurdity than it is... On brand, because, I mean, Saints Row's thing <laughs> yeah. is, like, it never really had a cynical bone in its body. If it punched down no, it by a complete accident, like, that game was just gleeful and let you do or be yeah. whoever you wanted to be. 
And that, that's what it feels like. And I actually spoke to the developers about the humour of it. And it was one of the questions I had for them. And I asked, you know, I said Saints Row 3 had some things that feel a little bit off nowadays. And I said, is that something you think of, you know, 10 years down the track? How is this going to be perceived? And they actually did for this game. They they, they recognised that there was a couple of things in older Saints Row games that are probably a bit off now. And um, have kind of adjusted the way they approach things. So it's definitely still silly. Uh, there's still insurance fraud. There's still um, mayhem side activities. Uh, but the world, it like feels like a really seriously upgraded Saints Row 3. So the world is infinitely more explorable. For those that don't know, the cities in Saints Row have pretty much just been cities. There's been streets. Yeah. You drive around the streets, that's it. Um, this city is fully open. There's desert areas. You can go off-road. You can change your car to be an off-road car and go burning around you you know there's golf courses and there's all sorts of things it's, it's it feels much more like say gta 5's world uh as as far as exploration goes than mm. the last saints row game um <clears throat> in that world there are businesses you can take over you can actually set out what the businesses are going to be and therefore determine what side activities go into that world and what bonuses you get to your business so if you like the cars, for example, you can set up a chop shop, which is a mechanic shop, you know, with the chop shop in the background and you get better car parts. Uh, if you like guns, you can set up a, a military uh, depot and and um, run guns out of that and get weapon bonuses. You know? uh, but can you run a you. girly bar? I think there is actually... actually yes, even, it's bars. even coming up yep, to Yakuza, I'm, all right? I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that there is a strip club. At least <laughs> in one of the missions I saw, there is a strip club. Uh, I don't know whether you can control that strip club, but there is a strip club in the game. Um, um, yeah. Just jumping in with a bit of a callback to our previous episode, um, mm. because Saints Row is being uh, published by the Embracer Group? No. Yeah, so it's Deep Silver, yeah. which is owned by Deep Embracer Silver. Group. Yeah. Uh, it's Deep I, Silver, which is being published by THQ Nordic, which is owned by the Embracer Group. It yeah. seems <laughs> like a snake eating his own tail at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we, you know, it, like we've, we've talked about how, how in, in, in the previous episode when we talked about Embracer, I think it was just the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a- but that you know, the the group's not afraid of buying up these beloved, but not necessarily like premium brands but mm. beloved and solid brands and just like hey let's have a go at it i mean yeah well it's the original developers here so it's for yeah. software yeah, um but it feels so like they know like, sense bro yeah 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 but it feels like that type of like let's give it a go you know there's this this is franchise it's sitting there mm. let's give it a chance and let's give yeah let's see what happens reinvent there's- it it honestly feels like they've just taken Saints Row 3 and amped everything up. The movement, mm. uh, the combat, the melee combat feels, well, I can't say feels, but looks like it's going to be really fun. Uh, the weaponry, you can change everything on your weaponry. There's a massive amount of guns, like way more than in previous Saints Row games, and that's saying something. And then you can skin them and customize them how you want. You know, there's the classic, you can turn a rocket launcher into a guitar case, so you look like you're the Mariachi from... Desperado, you know, um, that sort of cool stuff. The movement system, there's a... uh, There's no dubstep dubstep gun? Uh, Not that I know of. There may be. They did say there was going to be some surprise weapons in there. Uh, There is finger guns, 
which are the big foam yeah, fingers. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, I did see those. Sadly, there's though. a wingsuit, uh, and it feels very just cause-ish with the way you zip around in your wingsuit. Except instead of using a grapple hook to keep going, you target a human, a pedestrian walking on the ground, oh, wow. and spring off them again. You just bounce off the shoulders. Awesome. Yeah, just bounce off I'm the on shoulders. Board with that. <laughs> that, that, that's like a very Saints Row way of. Um, adding a boost there uh so, so the things it, i most it, want to know you're probably not going to know like i i'm very like they have to because they've been so good with it like have a perfect like like they have to have the best license use of a license song of the year yeah i, I think so i hope i did ask them about uh cameos because like uh, i was like one burt reynolds again like fuck man i don't know you they actually told me no uh they i said to him i'm assuming you're gonna say no comment here but are we gonna have like a burt reynolds moment or a rowdy piper or a keith david uh, and they said no. Uh, we, they said, well, actually, no comment, but no. We tried to do something. It never panned out. And I said, what about voice packs? You had Nolan North before, and then they said no comment. So uh, <laughs> so there may be some crazy voice. You know, I can imagine Jennifer Hale being... Because uh, they did, in Saints 4, I think, one of the voice... You had, you know, three men voice, three women's voice, mm. and then Nolan North. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was like... Back in the days when Giant Bomb literally had a Nolan North award in the game of the year stuff for the yeah. best performance by <laughs> Nolan North. I, I could see them doing maybe, you know, Jennifer Hale and, and, you know, or something like that as one of the crazy voice packs or something weird there. Um, the customization in this game, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a customization trailer. It is insane. I have, like, not even in a wrestling game have I seen levels of customization like this. Um, so people that get into that, are gonna have a ball, and it's everything. It's it's your character, it's your cars, it's your crib, it's your gang, it's your weapons. All you know, you can ignore it if you want. If that's not you, then that's fine. I probably will find something crazy and just leave it at that. Um, but if you're into that sort of thing, this is going to be your kind I'm of. Going to spend five hundred hours in this game, like just crazy, and it all can be done on the fly. There's no need to go to anywhere to do it. You just get on your phone in game, and away you go. There's you know, they know you just want to muck around, so muck around. Um, missions look crazy like normal. The enemies uh, seem more distinct than they ever have been before. Um, the different gangs have kind of all been just different shades of the same thing. They might have had a few differences, but generally there was a big tough guy that was strong. There was a couple of little guys that shot at you from a distance, and that was about it. Whereas this, the gangs actually have strengths and weaknesses of their own. The ones we mm. saw... Um, there was a gang really focused on, you know, being beefcakes. They're like traditional blockhead yeah. sort of fellas. So they did a lot of uh, rushing <clears throat> and melee damage and they take a lot to get down. Whereas one of the other gangs, which is uh, a kind of a party drug gang, they tend to just swarm in numbers and use like uh, dazzle and um, flash bang grenades sort of thing to, to, to blind you and, and do things from afar a bit more. So there, there seems to be more uh, distinct differences between the, the an- enemies and the gangs. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, I'm, I, I can't see... It, it, it stounds me still, and looking at the comments even on my interview on YouTube, it astounds me that people that played the old Saints Row game aren't excited for this. I, I, everything I've seen of this and everything I've spoken to the developers about makes me think this is exactly where Saints Row 3 was heading uh, if it if it wanted to do that style again without going crazy, without doing the superpowers and stuff. 
Like, it just seems like Saints Row 3 for modern generations to me. And I, I can't see why people just are upset. Just purple enough. I, I, I just don't get it. I, 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 uh, people surely weren't that attached to Johnny Gat and, and Shaundi. I, 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 I think it's maybe it. actually just slightly too much time has passed and the game's going to have to get yeah. out there and people are going to have to get their hands on it again. But they're very, very awesome. um, down. Like, there's a very vocal group of fans that are down on this reboot. And, um, yeah, I can't see why. I really can't. I mean, I understand caution from Agents of Mayhem. That was not great. But, yeah, yeah. this looks cool. I, I want to play it. Yeah, it's a, 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 like, I'm super hyped for it. I can't wait for August. Um, if, it, if it has Aerosmith, I think it's... Oh, my it God, just... that, that intro to Central 4. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm assuming the music will be good. They did say that they've, they've got a lot of licensed tracks and they will be doing, you know music in-game as they've done in the past. That's all they could tell me, but yeah. Expect something, in short. Expect anyway. something. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, for a sing-along in the car with your, with your mates and, and things like that. Yeah. Anyway, mercifully, what I've been playing was very, very short. And I say playing, I should say what I played. I finished it in under half an hour quite comfortably. Um, I was playing, have played, have finished a little game, a little HIO game that was called Scotty Goes to Centrelink. Mm. I've seen <laughs> that on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We're doing this. We're doing sure. <laughs> I can't keep on talking about Final Fantasy VII and Keenan Bridges Spirits every episode. Yeah. Um, yes, not surprisingly, can't, can't. it's not a great game. Most of most of the most of the entertainment just comes from this existence. But you know, it much like his government's policies, it's kind of crappy by design. <laughs> so in this like just played in a browser this game that straight up looks like it's like was rendered for like the very first generation of graphics cards so you can people yeah. old enough to remember that there was a pre-graphics card era so I think like the Voodoo 1 like level shit um yeah, you just I kind like, of I, I like how the skin and the textures don't mesh it looks terrible it's great <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, just to keep, like, the quality of the texture detail, like, it's never good, but it's super inconsistent. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I meant the texture, the texture, and the texture file and the, and the, the model don't mesh. No. You know, it, 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 it's just... a, it looks very discoherent. So it just starts <laughs> off with you as Scott Morrison just running, running down, I guess what's supposed to be Sydney. Just generic city with kind of like a doom apocalyptic red. Probably bringing back memories of those bushfires from a couple of years ago that he, you know, was on holiday for. And it doesn't give you any help. They're just what appear to be wheelie bins that just kind of occasionally just move themselves around a little bit. And you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird. And just like very bland, generic, slightly horror-like music playing, just going dun, dun, dun in the background. And you're literally just looking for where you can get your welfare. And it got, offers no guide. So it took me about 10 minutes to find the fucking office. Um, this game is very short. This is going to be very. And you get there, and it's like, I would like my money, please. And they're like, Well, here are all these loopholes that you've like invented for everybody. So please go and drop off at least twenty CVs, and then come back. Um, so it turns out the wheelie bins are actually where you drop the CVs off. And at this point, just <laughs> gigantic Scott Morrison heads just start patrolling the streets, making it incredibly difficult for you to actually drop these things off anywhere. <laughs> And so you will die numerous times. Like it's by design. It's, it's like unbeatable in this sense. So you start seeing numerous dead Scott Morrison's kind of like just littering the streets, 
as you're trying to drop these fucking CVs into effectively wheelie bins. Um, and you do eventually do it. This is all very short. It's like a 20 minute game. And it ends, and I am spoiling it here, but you know, it, again, the main entertainment of this game is just knowing it exists. Is you end up back at Centrelink. It's like, alright, I'd like my money now, please. And they're like, oh, we're sorry, it started a new month, you have to do another 20. <laughs> and then he wakes up from a nightmare on a tropical island. It's like, oh, thank fuck, people like me never have to live through this nightmare, and that's it. Political comment in video games. Who says it doesn't Whoever, I mean, it, A part of me, like, wishes it was a better game, but also, like, in, I mean, one person probably made... Actually, no, there were a lot of people in the credits, but I think it was just acknowledging who made which 3D model. Yep. In yep. fact, he doesn't made this just as, like, a little joke to release on um, election day. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's point across, like, it is shitty by design because that's what, you know, getting welfare is now. Yep. I, love, I laughed when I saw it on Twitter. It was just... just that yeah. didn't take long. <laughs> it had to have been pre-prepared, like, that... Surely, surely. It's like that bloke that bought the Scott Morrison website because he wasn't quick enough. Scott, Scott Morrison MP website. And all if you go there now, all it does is play the song from Eurotrip. Scotty doesn't know. Nice. I should, yeah. I should actually check that out. Anyway, speaking of songs, we're, I guess we're going to play one for about a minute or so. And when we go back, we're going to be a little bit, you know, dystopian future. I mean, it feels like we've avoided it, but we're going to stick to the topic. I planned it before any of this happened. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of, we're going to break this down and talk about depressing, not depressing games. I don't know what. I am very happy to report that the world did not end. It may even have a little bit of hope. I'm not I'm not going to try for dead anyway, otherwise I was nervous as shit going into Saturday. Um, I've been out of Australia for 10 years as well now, so I legally cannot vote. That's fun. But things kind of like turned around and I'm like, all right, things look okay now. But you know what I decided before this all happened? This is episode 84. It's a very lazy tie into 1984. I haven't thought of anything else. Let's basically talk about games that kind of deal with the collapse of society, be that like full on apocalypse or just like everybody's life turning to absolute shit. Um, so that's what we're going to do. I even got us a little bit organized. So while yeah. I... Yeah. So while my personal preference is I, I kind of want to like look into like just how games kind of create a certain atmosphere depending on the scenario, I have broken this down into four different types of shitty circumstances to live in. So we have the nuclear slash war apocalypse, the zombie slash supernatural slash I don't know really, really just not job apocalypse, 
My favourite, which is the late capitalism, dystopian, power and corruption, near future present. Not quite apocalypse, but everything has gone to absolute hell. And the nature reigns post-apocalypse. Now I'm going to start by um, saying thanks, Ken, for reminding me that I'd completely forgotten about Horizon. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking you could also put a cyberpunk on yeah. a dystopian. That whole category side of cyberpunk generally is a dystopian sort of do. I mean, so, so like so Shadowrun and things like that. I thought about yeah. Shadowrun. The one that um, I kind of maybe want to like move through these like one category at a time. Though I'm starting at the bottom, just for organization's mm-hmm. sake. Mm. But um, Horizon's like a really weird one for me. Like it, you're you're right, it is like kind of the first quintessential thing you think of, where it's like, all right, the world ended. Nature's overtaken and people are somehow still around. And it actually gets crazier than that at the end of Horizon 2, but I don't want to say in which ways because that game only came out this year. But also, that is a game that is kind of Marvel-esque in its insistence of, like, things being smooth and polished and fun at the expense of messaging, I guess. Was that more of a problem with 2 than 1? I'd say it's equal with both of them. One, I think, okay. is... Two is actually more, more refined mechanically. One is more focused with the storytelling. Yes, because I think I've only played one, and what I think it's all... What I felt it did really well is try to hint back at a world that existed before it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of the things about these about these type of games is that the current situation that we're in right now Hmm. is a stark contrast to the world before. And I think games like Horizon, it's like, not even that. It's this world right now is a stark contrast to the world before it, but then there is another world before that again. Um, And that's when it gets interesting. uh, When, say, these video clips you pick up when you're what when you're playing Horizon, it, it talks about all these military bases, um, and like big libraries and and you know like all these different things. But they all look like they were at the um, at the height of their um, civilizations. Civilizations. So there was a civilization. There was a collapse of civilization, and there is now this where uh, the collapse has finished, and this new civilization is popping and, up again. And that video um, thing you mentioned is actually super interesting, just because there's actually one thing they do do very well, and I think a lot of the stuff they do well with capturing this mood is undermined, not necessarily as a fault, by the by, by the need to have like this pacing and always having something to do that you don't really stop to mm. smell the roses, so to speak. Mm, mm. Um, I didn't actually I re- notice. I, was, I was about to say I really like the way it does tease the world before um i think it uses the the kind of bioshock tape trope that's kind of become really common but it uses it better than just about anything i think it because, uses it better than bioshock did <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. and the the information that it gives you is always both um interesting for the current situation you're in but also interesting in a way that gives you a picture okay. of what this uh, world this is like. how we got and, to this world in the yeah, first yeah. place and, and, not and it even- feels Super well, appropriate, and yeah, and that's, that's why I think Horizon's interesting. In that it doesn't, it not only, it doesn't actually show you the world before it. It shows you the world before the world before, because it doesn't mm. show you a lot about 
when civilization was in collapse. No, it, it mentions it, and towards the end of the game, the first game, you 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 find it. I guess spoilers. It's the first. The game. first game came out in 2016, okay. 17. I, I haven't yeah. finished so, it. I, I haven't finished it, but I don't okay. intend to. So go ahead. Okay, so by the end of the first game, you find out that uh, the collapse of the world came about because we created an AI that essentially took over and, you know, terminated. It was supposed um, to be good, but, you know, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but- and they created Zero Dawn as a way to restart Earth. So hmm. Zero Dawn rebooted Earth, essentially using an AI to control these robots that would then reseed Earth uh, for human population. So that right. that's where you're at now. Um, right, okay. But yeah. but with throughout the entire f- game, it didn't actually show you much images of that actual mm. collapse. No. You don't. You see bits and pieces of the war. Like you see bits and pieces of the war, but that's it. But yeah, mostly... You see bits and pieces of the war in the, in the world of the game that you're The previous civilization but, serves as this kind of deity. There's a thing I want to get back to which they actually do pretty well with the architecture. There's one city mm. that you'll visit in... Uh, the new game. You remind me when you said video, and they've kind of it's been built around like a destroyed museum, mm. kind of like all this propaganda video, like going. And of course, you know, this hundreds, maybe thousands of years old. I forget the exact timeline, so it doesn't work properly. And it's glitchy as shit. And if you stop and look, they've actually incorporated the glitches from the video into their architecture. Mm. Which is, yeah, I, I, know, I thought it was like a, like that a was little touch cool. of like just kind of. Yeah. Emphasizing so, how these people have been influenced by what they think the before time was it's like. The truth. Yeah, yeah. I think so. This game, I think we talked a little bit about during the break. Last of Us, which falls into this category, but also into sort of the zombie. There's going to be some yeah crossover. Uh, there's definitely going to be some crossovers, but games in that sort of in this genre, in this sort of subcategory of this genre, create a lot of mystery about. Mm. Like, how do we get here? Why, uh, why is the world right now like this? Um, and the hint that there is a huge gap of huge, huge mystery, mysterious gap. There's a huge gap in knowledge, and there's a whole like aura mystery around the the collapse, and there's an additional aura around the height of civilization when civilization was perfectly okay so that's what i think horizon does very very successfully is like have effectively two mysteries two big mysteries running concurrently what was the collapse like and what was pre-collapse like um I want to say the ending the of the second game is kind of a doozy, and it would have been like oh, they they don't quite earn it, and I can't really speak about it very much because it's still too recent. Okay. But I man, still, it gets pretty. Yeah. In- it it has it sets itself up to be super interesting with like that whole pre-collapse, post-collapse, what happened to people stuff, and it just doesn't quite stick to landing. But man, mm. so for, in your list there that you've written, Tim, mm. the most interesting one for me is Enslaved. Um, simply because not only is that set in this kind of nature's reclaimed the world setting, but it's also the retelling of an ancient Chinese yeah. story, a journey to the West, you know? So like that was such a, a really cool way to retell a story that's been told 
you know, literally thousands of times over various different ways, the story of, of the Monkey King. Um, and then they do it in this kind of post-apocalypse, uh, you know, it, it, Trip and Pigsy and all the characters are in it. Uh, and and it's, it's kind of this mystery of this world. How did it come about? It's hmm. kind of half traditional based on the story, but half dystopian and, and then nature's taken over. And it was very interesting way to, to tell a classic tale, uh, using that kind of setting. Yeah. I actually liked that game a lot. People were very up and down. Mm. Yeah, I didn't play it. I I didn't play it, but actually this sort of just completely side note and, and just a tiny tangent, the new, um, new Sun Wukong game that's coming out, uh, soon it looks f- phenomenal what's it called <sighs> never mind just carry on but yeah I, I think I- the Wukong Black Myth Wukong Wukong yeah Wukong there you go because that's that Black- that's the name of that's the actual name of the the monkey character Maybe. oh okay cool yep hey. nope yep uh, <laughs> we've had an emergency. Tim's bailed on us, but that's all right. We can carry on. We can carry on. Yes, he's back. Yeah, I'm back. Seamless podcasting. Had, yep. Accidentally hit the leave call button instead of the mute microphone button. I don't know where we at. I just had my phone ring. It's like, oh, I have to answer which this. Like, and and the new one that's coming out, which is uh, kind of Souls like one that looks yeah, amazing on Unreal. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It looks so. But everything is souls like these days. <laughs> um, I sh- I'm assuming Tim wants to talk near. Um, I do, but it's also like kind of so complicated. Like near, it's a mix of like atmosphere and ideas, which are the two things like I want to get. But it's because we've got near and then near automata, which are intrinsically linked, but also is like super duper far apart and very confusing I should maybe focus on automatic because that's one most people are likely to play where it's kind of more concerned with mankind just feeling entitled to the planet I guess and it mostly it plays as like a really good action game slash with with RPG elements and the way it's super successful much like the first one was is it just like very slowly undermines everything that you think it is um, to the point where, and you see it from multiple angles to the point where you're like, oh man, people are bad. Hmm. This is a short message. I think, I think that particular theme is very much in the dystopian section, the late stage yeah. capital section of you, you've got of this, like hmm. Deus Ex, for example, there's always that. Yeah. We should maybe move there because yeah. I think I had in brackets. Yep. Next to near, I said, yeah, but also late stage capitalism. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, that you actually yep. mentioned it. He's like was so far ahead of his time in that specific mm. regard. I think with sorry. the Deus Ex games, uh, oh, especially the sorry. newer ones. Yeah, when, when you say when you said Deus Ex, I literally thought you meant Mankind Divided. Well, I was about to mention Mankind Divided specifically, and the um, what was the other one? Human Revolution? That one to me feels closest to our current 
reality, I guess, it, and that's kind of scary. And, and the I original game is where it all ended up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it, because, you know, especially Mankind Divided, there's this, it's all set in Prague, and there's this very big, almost apartheid, uh, situation between augmented people and not. I mean, it's not very subtle. It is. It's kind of like X Men. A bit too direct, actually. Um. It, it, it's like the X Men. You know, it's 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 not very subtle in what it's saying, but at the same time, it's not hard to see how society uh, could have the these problems. Up, yeah, we're going in that direction. You know, that like you can substitute augmented people with trans people or. Gay people or the, non-Christians. Yeah, the, the, or, the one you know. really big flaw in this is that all of those people are suppressed minorities. Augmented people in this game can, like, call knives out of their arms and, like, turn yeah. invisible. So, like, that... That, yeah. that is the... It's a bit QF, but, you know, there is some allowances made to make an enjoyable video game, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I wish that, I mean, for that particular thing, I wish they really went down and explored... The, because I think they they commented before, in the game like there are the people with augments, but they have the good augments and the access to all the healthcare that is necessary, yeah. and then there yeah. are the people with you know who had to get augments because that was the only way they could an carry accident. on living yeah. an accident or whatever it was, yeah. but then they have no access to healthcare and no access to medication. Like, or you're stuck I with cheaper augments that don't allow that expansion or cannot be replaced. Like, there's a whole... Cannot be replaced. And, and actually causes additional healthcare <laughs> issues. I wish that they had actually explored that line rather than the, like, oh, everybody with augments are, like, a, a, a one single cohesive, like, yeah. suppressed people. It's like, no, because I, you've got your... <laughs> narratively, it... it it makes sense because at the end of the human revolution, someone hacked everyone's orgs and turned them all mad, and they started. right, right, right. But but, yeah, I, I, so, I, but, but with, yeah. there is definitely some about, nuance like, that could be there that is missing. Absolutely, there was yeah. nuance that could have been explored because yeah. we did, within the within the universe of the game, within the playing of the game, you actually, as Jensen was walking around, and when you actually, I think Jensen actually has to go get meds. Um, yeah, or and walk into those clinics, and you actually hear like people, like NPCs, begging for medication. Mm-hmm. And he's and, he's the only one that doesn't need the the medication. He was like because he was a rare, pet project right? of like the guy who invented all yeah. this shit, basically. So he's yeah, 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 basically and, a Ferrari you, yeah. in a world of like beat up old Volvos. <clears throat> and I think that's where some of that dystopian elements can be explored well that um, stuff comes in a lot more in the original game ah okay I never played the, the, the original, original game, game is just oppressive yeah mechanically incredible like the way like it the, the sequels did a worse job of allowing you to have multiple routes of approaching things like yeah, mechanically but 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 how did they, I guess, address the dystopian? I mean, so you start off, and like this is kind of like freaky foresight, where like you see like a destroyed Statue of Liberty that was like destroyed by terrorists, and this happened like just before September 11. Like the timing of like uh, kind of calling that, and like just all like they kind of hit the nail on the head with a lot of government corruption being bought out by big companies. Like go straight up, like this is a conspiracy theorist dream. Like in this in this game, I guess I'm spoiling a little bit here, but Deus Ex came out in what 1999. 99, 2000. Yeah. It was a while ago. Um, it, there is, like, basically a black death. Like, there's COVID at worth, worse. 
And it's the manufactured disease to sell a manufactured cure. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, just the, you, you can... And the art design is not very good, but it's very grimy, so you kind of get a very good sense of the class system yep. in play and, like, the, the privilege and the lack. And you kind of the have... And it yeah. trusts you to figure out how fucked up it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the story beats play along how you figure it out, it out too. So well, like, you figure it out sooner, then things change, and then... Yeah. Because I think, like, as different from the previous sort of subgroup that we talked about, um, where it's post-apocalypse, post-post-apocalypse, like, this is, this is, in my mind, the bit that leads towards... Yeah. <laughs> This, this is the part that leads to Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think Apocalypse so much as just despair. No, but yeah. I know, but this is where I think that's that's the that's the bit that I wanted to get to get to. It's it's it is about um despair, it is about oppression, it is about like suppression, um and the division between people who have access and the people who don't. Um, that's a very good mood setter, especially. I think for a lot of us in in this present climate, it's it's very easy to see the the haves and haves nots, and mm. and to, to have that play out in a video game that you're interacting with, I think that that adds a bit of weight to it. Yeah, because that is part of uh, that is part of you know that's why dystopian these type of dystopian stories actually not actually but but very often in my in, I feel resonate much more closer to mm. because it, it it is a it's a dirty mirror to the current state of affairs. Yeah, like it, you can imagine how it could be like this, but worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see the path to where that game is set. You can, yeah. you can, you see, can society see like just parallels. Yeah. Like it, it is yeah. kind of. <laughs> Yeah, and and you could see, like, there, but for the grace of God, go like I, you know, um, and that we are like moving along that path. We're on we're on that path towards that point, and it's like, um, and, and that's kind of like like you know, kind of the power of these type of games or these type this type of particular type of media is like we're imagining. You know, and, and I think just separate from all these games and everything, like that's the kind of the power of science fiction is that let's try to imagine like where we are, but like five years from now, and is thing are things going to be better or worse? And dystopian media is often like, yeah, it's five years from now, ten years from now, but dramatically worse. But you can actually tie a not just narrative cord between the two, but you can actually tie actual real-world actions that will get us to that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one that's gotten me recently, and this is because I've been playing it again, is how on point Final Fantasy VII actually has been, not just like with a lot of the environmental stuff, but particularly early in the game, is what the remake is set in, is the way that a giant corporation, which is effectively the government, hmm. like just uses the lives of the poor and the downtrodden as a political wedge to like manipulate yep. popular opinion. Yep. And like just yeah. like seeing that from the ground floor and the way it like 
is done in like a wow. <laughs> Getting huge Scott Morrison vibes in the, from this President Shinra dude. <laughs> That's not good, guys. Without cool swords. No, with way cool swords. Yep. Yep. Just before we oh. move on to the next one, has anybody else played Disco Elysium? I haven't. I've played yet. bits of it, but I kind of bounced off a bit. Yeah, I guess I, I don't think I was in the right frame of mind. I need somebody else who's played a lot because this game mm. must have had like a whole reason. Like playing Disco Elysium makes you feel dumb. Mm. <laughs> and that's normally a bad quality for a game, but like its politics are so thoroughly researched against like real world counterparts and like just the way like corruption is rife and you can like it has a it is very good at the downtrodden. Again, and without somebody else who's played much of it, I don't think I have the capacity to really like delve yeah, into why. Maybe, but yeah. if you want something that's like Planescape Torment level of character customization in a just a politically messed up world that is on points like your freaking French university or something, <laughs> then that's that's your jam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I haven't played Disco Disco yet. It's it's one of those games that continue to exist on Steam, even though there's all these like talk about it being uh, refused classification. That got appealed and they lost. That it's been classified. Yeah, hmm. but, uh, it's like it or not, you have to respect that game. That. I think it's it'll pro- it'll, it'll it goes to my to play list. Um, but yeah, I can't say a lot about it. Yeah, the problem is if you yeah. take a break, then you're completely lost when you come back, which I did on multiple occasions. Well, let's mm-hmm. move to something a little bit easier where I think... Oh, actually, you know, the oppression may still be there, but let's go to the like good old zombie slash supernatural apocalypse, which may have been the easiest section to write a yeah. list of like 50 games on if I wanted to, because there are the ones that are just straight up zombie games. Yeah. The world's ended. Zombies are everywhere. you got to kill them. Or you've got to stop them from happening. So I put Resident Evil there. I was like, yeah, no, you know what? In some ways, it's more interesting because it is happening in, again because of like a just giant corporation and it is very oppressive in its at- atmosphere. Yeah. And it's got better. And that game lives on its atmosphere too. Like mm. being a horror game without atmosphere, it's almost failed. Then it's just jobs, a very though. sluggish action game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, of course, the, the, the kind of end of the world vibes need to be strong in that one, I guess. Yeah, at I, least the end of the area you're currently exploring. <laughs> the one that like really got me and was like way better than I expected, and it's actually one of the perfect examples for all of this in multiple categories. But it's actually Days Gone. Yeah. Like um, is that the, is that the biker one? Yeah, it's like the yeah. biker freaker, not really zombies, but they're basically zombies. Yeah, but it well, cuts a like- mood. Like, I wish they'd done something other than zombies. Like, I still wish they'd done something other than zombies. I think there's a whole bunch of problems with that game, especially with pacing, and it suffers a bit from Ubisoft open-world shit. Um, but the the mood absolutely is quite cool. And like, that alone scavenger resources, like, that bike is your lifeline kind of a... Yeah. Societal collapse, like, people are fractioned into, like, kind of tribes... Yes, like kind of choose between which ones you're like helping out, and like the lesser of two evils. Like everybody has their own means of survival. It does it surprisingly well, and the plot at the end also goes places that you may not have expected. That again, the conspiracy theorists would probably be all over. All over. 
See, along those lines is one you haven't listed there, and, and I just thought of it, really, because I've played a lot of it, and that's State of Decay. Um, and the second one, which is a bit different from a traditional zombie game in that you're not actually out there to kill zombies, you're there to survive in the zombie planet. You know, I think survival is the thing that, for all of these, like, simply trying yeah. to, like, get by is, like, the thing that is, like, the most interesting to me in... Most Absolutely. games, being games and any mechanics don't focus on it as much as I'd like. Yeah, and I think that's where um, State of Decay does really well because you're, you're you're putting a group of survivors together, you're creating a community, uh, you need to scavenge for supplies, but you also need to cater to each person's needs and, and uh, you know, from sleeping arrangements to, to food to medical to all those sort of things. And it, it becomes more about this group of people than it does... And I think that's where zombie cinema is at its best too. It's it's mm. not like you know, twenty eight days later, for example. The, the, I mean, it's an old trope that the bad guys aren't the zombies; they're the humans. That's but when the old, it's yeah, King Kong, like done, the mankind was a yeah. monster all along. Yeah, and and that sort of thing plays out really well when it's done properly, and and it's not just mindless. Like Left for Dead, as fun as that is, that's. It's just you fun. Know, it's not. It's not anything deep at all, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, when when things get interesting, or when when the the focus is on the humans and not on the zombies themselves, I think. And zombies are just not just a hazard; they are the hazard that you have to survive. And I think that's where that kind of genre gets really interesting. It's where zombies turn basically into a metaphor for anything that's fucked up in society that you kind of yeah. yeah. And I mean that goes way back to George A. Romero's original Dawn of the Dead, you know. Hmm. Alright, so defend Sunset Overdrive. Ah, uh, see, look, it's it, it's an odd fit here. I will say that because it is a loud, brash, um, unapologetically. Silly it is a loud game. game, and it doesn't pretend otherwise. Yeah. No, it's it's like Tony Hawk mixed with the zombie apocalypse, mixed with a Red Bull ad. Um, and yeah, I, I I love the movement system in that game. I love the crazy weapons. Um, it's it's a whole bunch of fun to me, but I know you didn't like it. I loved all of it in principle, but it never felt like it had the energy that I wanted from it. Like it, yeah. it's like I wanted a game in stereo. For some reason, it was mono. But yeah, it feels a bit odd in this group because <laughs> it's 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 a really unashamedly funny and silly game, yeah. whereas the others are quite serious. But yeah. The interesting one there in that list, I reckon, Ken, is Darksiders, because that's the only, I guess, biblical um, end-of-the-world sort of thing. Yeah, I'm actually not familiar with any of the Darksiders games. Those are games that just sort of, like, popped up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and never got around to it. I I think... I mean, mean, they're all based loosely on the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And I guess they've got biblical overtones in with the, the battles between heaven and hell and humans are just caught in between and that I think makes them a little bit interesting when we're looking at end of the world sort of stuff whereas almost everything on our entire list is man-made mm. and Darksiders is the only one there that is as a result of, of like this traditional yeah yeah battle of heaven and hell like I'm denied of whether or not Bayonetta like belonged on here, and I was like, I just can't make any sense of that game. So I guess I've just got to leave. No, I'm not no, sure there is know. a no. coherent story. But um, there was actually one game that 
kind of fits nicely here. Um, Generation Zero. Mm. Um, yes, <clears throat> I I didn't play much of it. I, I I wanted to like it, but it was old enough that all the movements and just the mechanics of it is just clunky. Um, but the idea of survival the idea i think you know not just not just generation zero but there's a bunch of other survival games a decade ago was a huge genre like it just had a moment of flash in the pan kind of thing yeah there's there's still a few coming up still there was one that i played for pete um player two um on our youtube channel um that people should check out uh i can't remember what the name of it is now but but Survival games, I think, sit um, ha- ha- has its own sort of little sub sub genre, um, sub sub grouping within this 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 broader topic. Um, but the idea of how difficult it is to survive on your own, um, mm. and I, I think that idea of being alone in any world, even if it's not apocalyptic. Yeah, um, and and you know where we've got you know we've got other games that immediately come to mind like Mad Max and Fallout and that sort of and Metro. Well, we're heading straight into that, so yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, but like I just wanted to you know, just briefly call out these these survival games. It's like it's really really hard, and survival is hard, and that's why pe- <laughs> that's why humans <laughs> form communities and form uh, groups because living on your own it's just like how do you find enough food to feed yourself um how do you find enough um materials to make something to then hunt something to feed yourself like you need people who specialize in different things it's just kind of yeah and and it's just one of the things that's that's just i think it's it's apparent in in apocalyptic settings is that well Yes, Days of the uh, Dawn of the Dead and, and the zombie games show that you know ultimately in Resident Evil, like um, the people are the bad ones. But also, you kind of need people. Yeah. <laughs> um. But and you you hope that the group of people that you you, you sort of like posse up with. You hope you uh, end up with the right leader. I think is what it comes to. I don't think it's that people are bad. It's like the wrong person is a cancer. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, like that's why in every land, Stephen King story, there's always it's always the church, the the god botherer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also why Zombieland is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can have fun in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I, uh, it's actually kind of an. Incentive. I've been getting distracted, but like War of the Worlds, like that whole section where he talked about playing cards. Because mm. it's like it's just kind of essential for your sanity to a certain degree. Mm. Yeah. Um, which I may actually move on to like wrapping this up with the, you know, just war, war you shit. Can... Yeah. I feel like the Russian, the Eastern Bloc, the Eastern Bloc has got this one down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Metro's in there. And look, I, I think for a mood in a game, no series has done it. Metro better. is very good at making you feel like everything is fucked. I don't want to be here. Yeah, like it does mood like no other first person shooter, I think. Mm. Even I was worried when Metro 
uh, Exodus was announced that a lot of it was going to be outside. And I thought, geez, that's going to lose a lot of what makes Metro Metro with the oppressiveness Dark and of the tunnels. claustrophobic and, uh, and like only pre They did so well in, in keeping that even above ground. Uh, like as far as mood and storytelling goes, it's, it's just so good. Of course we have, you know, we're going to wrap it up there because we have another form of world ending event, which is crying children. Yes. Um, Ken has abandoned us. You can, you know, just going to wrap this up. Like doing just a hard stop. So was it Ken is at pixel hunt on the Twitters, I believe. Yep. Um, He's he's thank you very much for, you know, I guess your kids are too old to cry, but you know, keeping him in, keeping him in check. What Locking can we look for? <laughs> Locking him in a cupboard. <laughs> Learn to survive, kid. It's a theme for the night. Yeah, shut up. Shut up in there. I'm podcasting. Oh, mm. you, you are the big grand poobah. What, what have we got to look forward to over the next couple of weeks of Player 2? Um, I guess the big exciting news for Player 2 is we're accepting pitches. We've With money. Budget. We've got money. We've, I didn't know about this until money. like a day ago. I saw it on Twitter. I was I like, know. what? It's crazy you, it's because you don't read the team chats um, i read it like <laughs> once every week and a bit and then like i'm like hey that game i want to review is the code still available and you're like nah no no it's gone um yeah we, we've uh managed to secure a fairly uh, regular budget um uh, which is going to allow us to pay writers to pitch feature articles to us um all the details are on the website so if you're a it doesn't matter if you're new or old uh, writer. Like, hit us up with your idea. Each we, we've we've set it up so each pitch has to be approved by two of the four editors. That way, it's not just my thoughts on what, on what should be on the website. We, so we've got a range of people. Of... It's a panel of the editors, so all four editors uh, will have a say in it. Everyone can see them. So, you know, if you're new and you you're happy to, for us to help you become. You know, a better writer, we're happy to do that. If you're an old hand that's got a cool idea you want to share, we're happy for that too. But um, it's, it's really exciting it has to that we feature cor- feature correct. Like this, a fi- it's not a feature feature only. No, we're not paying for reviews. Unfortunately, our budget doesn't quite stretch that far just yet. Or a podcast. Um, who knows? It, it may get there eventually. But at the moment, this is where we're starting, and I think it's it's nice to finally be able to. It's pretty cool to be able to pay people. Yeah. Um, which I'm really excited about. But apart from that, you've got my Saints Row interviews up, which is um, pretty cool on, on YouTube, and it's also on the website. And uh, I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about right now. Yeah, because we're at that time so of what? year. We had, like, the mm. early flood, and now it be quiet. Mm. And I guess I am, you know, at Pretend Be It On Twitter. You can follow that. I will not pay you anything if you do that. Um, but yeah, it's quite a time of year, like, there's not a whole lot else happening, but, you know. It feels pretty decent to be Australian again for the first time in a while, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just sit there and bask in that.